Hey, this is Kat, the lead boss with the Revenue Accelerator podcast, and I have today Rocky Buckley. Now, Rocky has over 22 years of experience um, supporting his clients with over $100 million in training programs. Now, you guys know that I don't typically do these bio introductions, but Rocky actually has some really serious numbers behind his name in terms of his credibility, clout, and the things that he's accomplished. One of the other really interesting aspects from Rocky is that he's got over 3,000 projects for, you know, that B billion dollar clients, as well as supporting individual entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of how those things correlate. But Rocky, tell us a little bit more in your own words who you are and why people should actually care. Well, um, I'm a guy with a Facebook group. (laughs) I guess that's probably the big thing that I'm focused on right now is is building an audience, (laughs) building a community online. But yeah, as you said, um, over the last 20 plus years now, 22 years, I guess, um, I've you know been in business. I've, I've been working in consulting with mostly corporate clients over that space, big clients like Wiley, Pearson, McMillan, companies like that. And I've helped them, yeah, bring over 3,000 uh, projects, products to the market, training curriculum, all of that kind of stuff, totaling, you know, again, over $100 million in stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, I began a process of personal reinvention and I wanted to move out of the corporate space. I wanted to work with people like me. You know, there were solo experts, people that were very high potential, you know, were gifted, talented and kind of stuck and really wanted to take their business to a new level. And I kind of shifted what I did. And I took that expertise and created a training program called Platinum Path, which is to help, you know, experts basically monetize their IP at a higher level. And then it's taken me into this journey into persona building and building an audience, which over 20 years being mostly offline with corporate clients, I never built an audience. (laughs) And so for all those years, like I kind of knew what to do. I didn't do it. And um, now I'm in the process of doing that um, for myself. So I'm kind of in the early phases of sort of becoming known, I guess, a little bit. And um, I'm so this is that conversation. So of, this, yeah, is part of what I knew what Rocky went. <laughs> exactly. So that's at least hopefully that's the idea. So I'm really focused right now on building my own audience and um, expanding my IP into other areas that are more around persona building, personal branding, and all of that kind of stuff. So, so I hope that was, wasn't too long winded. No, 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 not at all. So I was giving Rocky a hard time about, you know, you guys probably <laughs> listening know that I don't typically read bios. Um, and, um, but some of the stuff that you shared in terms of uh, the information about you, like I said, was worth calling out, meaning that these are, and this is, I think, part of your process probably, which is those unique components of who you are that makes you someone worth paying attention to. So, you know, how do you look at someone? Because I'm sure you've read the Blue Ocean book, you know, all those um, differentiation strategies and personal branding and stuff like that. So how do you look at someone and say, this is what's different about you versus you're a little awkward and weird, right? And, and use that as an as a actual marketing strategy to get clients. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a multi-step process. Um, I think what happens in, in our space is that a lot of people learn about marketing really quickly. They learn about marketing mo- primarily from a tactical standpoint. They start implementing a lot of tactics and suddenly find that um, it's not really clicking. It's, it's crickets. It's not resonating with people. And the reason for that is, is that there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind uh, the, the tactics. There's a lot of strategic work that you kind of need to do to get clear 
not only on you know your your own differentiation strategy, but all of the stuff that even comes before that. So I like to start with people on a really foundational level and find out first of all, you know, what do you want? Who are you? What is it that you really want to become? I don't I don't necessarily believe in self discovery. A lot of people teach, you know, about finding yourself and, and figuring yourself out. Yeah. And that is important to some degree, but there's a cap on it. Yeah. I look at it more from the standpoint of creation, mm. creating your next self. Who do you want to be and how can you become that? So it's not limited to kind of the snapshot of who you already are right now. Yeah. It's sort of like, okay, who do I want to be in five years? How do I begin to shift my identity <laughs> right, at that deep level? Um, and how do I become the person that I want to be? So I, I like to work with the foundation of who the person is and wants to be. And then we, we do a lot of deep work there and start dip, tapping into your personality. What brings out your natural charisma? Mm. Um, that's a whole other subject, right? I believe that your, your charisma really derives from your, your sense of purpose and passion. And once you're tapped into that, you can naturally become charismatic. You don't have to force it or play with it, but you've got to be able to tap into that stuff. And then, you know, then you become more strategic. Once you kind of figure out yourself, um, I think the next step beyond that is really now starting to look at the market and going, okay, where can I be different? Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a whole strategic sort of filtering process that I think that you go through to kind of craft who you want to be as a public figure. And I think that's the foundation of everything. Absolutely. And it, it, I mean, the, the value of spending a little bit of time, right. And I mean, I know you're not spending like, you know, 30 minutes, but you're also not spending two years working with someone on, you know, that, that internal work to reflect what it is that you're trying to achieve. But I can really appreciate the thought of who do you want to be in five years? Because a lot of times people are really just kind of like heads down, you know, grain in the sand, like that's what they're focusing on instead of looking up and trying to see the, the beach, if you will, and where they're trying to go, or they end up walking off the pier and getting into the water and that's not where they wanted to go because wet clothes, like not a favorite thing of mine. Um, so what are some things that people can do because five years can feel so far away of, I don't even know what I want to do next year. Potentially five years from now feels like that could be the totally wrong direction. So what's a little bit of that process in terms of really helping someone connect and feel confident in their ability to actually go and achieve that five-year goal or vision? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really have to be about five years. It really can actually be um, who do I want to be right now? You know, Mm. who do I want to be? as a public figure. And those kind of things are really, they're, they can be very different. Um, I'm not sure, maybe some of uh, your, your listeners have read uh, Todd Herman's book, The Alter Ego Effect. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in there about, okay, how do I take who I am now and sort of exaggerate or heighten aspects of myself and bring those forward for public consumption? And which parts of myself do I wanna leave behind? I don't want to really share those areas of myself with the public, but I want to exaggerate or heighten these other ones. I think it it doesn't have to be about the five years. It can be about, okay, now what are the assets and resources that I have and who do I really want to become? So I think the critical part of all of that is taking a step back and getting some perspective and really sort of taking that 30,000 foot view on yourself and who do I want to be? And, um, And there are processes, you know, for figuring some of that out. And then when it comes to creation, you know, like, okay, if I want to make an identity shift or I want to, I want to be able to 
you know, maybe, you know, move into this other area or bring forth these aspects about myself. What does that look like specifically? How do I dress? <laughs> I, I, I mean, and some people will even go as far as, you know, creating an alternate name for themselves, right? So there's, there's a lot that you can do, I think, in that area of alter ego um, that you can do right now. But it does require some deep work. In fact, I would recommend, you know, if people want to do something immediate, pick up that book. You know, the yeah. alter ego effect is a good, it's a good primer for how to do that. Absolutely. Well, and and really connection and clarity. I mean, as much as we can all talk about in marketing, that clarity isn't what sells. It's always what's appreciated about the process. Um, so, you know, you talked, to, you said something that perked my ears up, which is working with the assets and resources that I have now. So I know that that, and that's like absolute 100% agree. One of the things that I know you do is increase those assets and resources and connections. So, you know, how does, uh, and I I think this parlays into really what you're focusing on in terms of the kind of that celebrity star power kind of um, energy and direction that you want to be creating as part of your persona. So how are those things interplay together in terms of creating that five, one, whatever, who's that person you're wanting to be more of as part of, and including the assets, resources, and connections that you have and growing those all together at the same time? Yeah, I think the big part is just simply becoming conscious of of it. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's just like they, they start going public and they've not really thought about the different aspects of themselves that they can bring forth. So for me, it's, it's about things like being, becoming conscious of your current identity. What, how do you currently see yourself? And starting to map that out on paper. Like, what are the different roles that I have? How do I see myself? What does that, that role look like? Who am I in that role? And starting to break that apart. Then I think it gets into aspects like personality right? Really doing a dive into your personality and becoming conscious about, you know, what, what, what am I like? Am I funny? Am I smart? Am I like, and, and beginning to almost create like a dossier about yourself and being able to objectively look at yourself and say, where are my strengths? Where are my resources um, that I can use in this personal branding? Another aspect of that is your, your own personal story. Mm. What are elements in my past that are really powerful that I can use and that I can use to resonate and connect with people, right? My own particular point of view on content. So sometimes, you know, we really need to look at what is the the lens that I talk about my, my topic through? What's that paradigm that I come at this topic through that's different than everybody else, right? And sometimes we don't even think about it. We don't think that there is a point, a particular perspective or a point of view that we've got but that getting clear on that is what's going to enable us to be really different about it. But unless you're actually conscious of what you're doing, you can't make changes. Mm. You know, so it really requires to me a step back and doing that deep work and getting it out on paper. It can always change. You, know, you can always modify it over time, but creating that core document about yourself is really, that's really critical because then that's, the foundation that leads to all the external stuff. Like what is my, what does my logo look like? What are my colors? If I go out and do a photo shoot or a video shoot, what kind of clothes do I wear? Where, and all of those decisions are downstream from all this foundational work, right? So it's like, I like to think about it as a tip of an iceberg. 
the stuff that we see above the water is really the external stuff, but it's all the other stuff under the water that makes that work. And if yeah. you've not figured that out, that may be a reason why your content isn't clicking. You're not resonating. People aren't engaging with you. Well, and it's not just not figuring strong. it out. It's reviewing it, right? Because as exactly. we know, we, there's, we've all had iterations. So if you've been in business long enough, you know, you don't have the same first website, hopefully that you initially build out with the clip art and the, <laughs> the yeah. templated, you know, kind of stuff. But if you're not doing that internal check-in, like how often do you recommend someone to actually do that revision or review as part of their, you know, presence and their personal branding and just, you know, their positioning in the marketplace? Yeah. I mean, I'm a really big fan of doing retreats. Mm-hmm. I, I go away to the beach for a couple of weeks, multiple times a year. I mean, I think on a high level, you know, it can be something like once a year, you really look at it. But I think on depending on how you're content planning, you know, if you're, if you're mapping out your content, you've got a strategy, maybe every 90 days, just kind of take a look at it, see how it's working. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily recommend making wholesale changes, but it might be nice to see, okay, what are these parts of me? What are these topics that I'm talking about that seem to be doing much better than others and which are just kind of laying an egg, you know, they're not doing anything. And I think being able to kind of have a dashboard for that is really, really helpful because all of this requires doing it in a context of feedback with an audience. You mm. wanna be able to, you know, you can't just go into a cave by yourself and plan this out and go, this is who I wanna be and I'm gonna impose this on the world. It's like you do that as a starting point and then you're always triangulating it with the feedback that you're getting. Oh, absolutely. I like the and, internal and the Reinvention is something that I think, you know, if you are, if you just look at, let's say the music industry as an example, I mean, look at Madonna and David Bowie and like, Lady Gaga, people like that, they're always reinventing every new album. It's like, so I think it's something you've got to stay fresh. And, you know, the key thing is to have a process for reinvention. Mm. If you've got that, it's evergreen. You can keep reinventing yourself over and over again. But unless you have the strategies for how to do it, it's going to be a struggle. And you're always going to be sticking your finger in the wind and (laughs) seeing which way you go. That's super fun. Yeah, Yeah. Well, you talked about process, which I know is another area that you are an expert and specialize and kind of geek out on in terms of, you know, not only in terms of your own business and your internal processes, but actually looking at other people's actual process to get results for their clients. So, you know, people kind of are like, yeah, I have a signature system, fine, whatever, but you actually have a different perspective on kind of, you know, capturing that signature system, but also parlaying it as part of your, your branding and your, and your mission and, and all of that stuff that kind of really brings it all together. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing for me is I start more from a business model perspective. Hmm. I think that one of the big flaws of the expert, you know, thought leader sort of business model is, is that you're the business. And even if you do very well, you're still setting yourself up for something where you can't sell the business at the end because you're integral to it. And I, you know, and I did that for a lot of years, my consulting, I was the business, my clients wanted to work with me, but I had built an asset that I couldn't sell because I was essential to it. And when I kind of went through a reinvention a couple of years ago, I said, you know, I'm never going to do that again. I want to create my own IP and I want to put myself on a trajectory where I have a business that I can sell in the end. And in order to have a sellable business, you've got to be able to have your own internal IP systems and so on. And so I I think about it through that lens. 
And the idea is how can I go from personal brand to a, a brandable name or a brandable character that could ultimately be taken over by somebody else? So I think about it through that, that lens first. Um, and then I think it's, it's really going deeper into it and saying, okay, how do I really systemize everything that I do so somebody else could take it over and have a turnkey business, right? So how I even create intellectual property, how I create processes are all aimed with that in mind, you mm. know? Um, so I guess, you know, um, I, I think part of the way people think about this topic normally in the expert space is if I can sort of hang a framework around what I do, like a cosmetic framework, I, I can say, this is my seven steps to doing such and such, right? That's all fine, but the question is, does it work well? Mm. Right. A lot of, like I said, a lot of people, they think about it from a cosmetic point of view. Um, I know like people like Brendan Burchard have taught that for a lot of years is, you know, name your stuff a certain way and it becomes IP and brandable IP. But internally, how well does that, you know, system actually work? So where I come from out of, you know, working with these really large clients in the academic educational business training space, um, if you're creating, um, products and programs for these kind of big companies, um, you know, you've got to have multiple layers to it. There's instructional design aspects to it yeah. where like this content actually works. Like people actually get real results out of it. So I, I believe that, you know, adding instructional design principles into what you do when you create systems and processes to take people through, that's really essential. And that's a skill set in and of itself. <laughs> like, you know, Anybody can call themselves, you know, a, a transformational coach or a leader. But if you've never really taught people anything and you don't know how to teach. Oh, my favorite kind of people. <laughs> yeah, like that's a thing. Like, the, like it's a whole industry and a profession around properly designing material and process to take people through. So any system that I teach people how to design, it's got to have multiple layers to it. It's got to hit different people's learning styles. You've got, it's content, but it's also community, it's hands-on collaboration, it's feedback loops. There's mm. all sorts of stuff that you actually put into place when you design an effective system. So yeah, I do geek out on that stuff. But that's yeah. what actually creates IP for you, that somebody else could one day take over or that you could license out to other people. Like if you've got it really, really well dialed in, now you've got something that down the road, you know, you could flip to somebody else. Yeah, no. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, I mean, you can tell me if you agree or disagree, I hope you'll agree, <laughs> is that all of this is about making sure that what you do and how you bring people through creates a consistent and predictable outcome, right? So if you're not getting your clients consistent results, then don't go and, you know, I basically go out and try to license people and you know, whatever it is, there's a mechanism in which you have to, you know, make sure that the I guess the, the cake is fully baked and that you can keep making the cake over and over and over again. Um, where do you see people kind of struggling with that in terms of being able to identify when they're ready to really start looking at taking their IP up a level and really going to market big time? Um, I guess I probably, well, how, would you, where would you say that they're, they're at, like they're actually getting clients and they're, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, someone should start looking at that when they're, you know, the bottom would be multiple six figures, right. Where they're, you know, it's not luck anymore, right. Like you're, you have a mechanism in which you get yourself results uh, at that price point at that, in terms of consistent revenue, 
you're getting enough clients who are consistently, you know, buying, so assuming a couple of things, one that you're not just someone who's amazing at selling and you're just taking people's money and running away. Right. But that you've got people buying again, you know, that's always an indicator of someone who's has success is repeat buyers. Um, and then basically that word of mouth is spreading that name recognition is getting bigger and you're getting more and more of those referrals and that you're not just solely, um, building your business off referrals, but really actively marketing, building the community. Cause I want to talk about that because that's another area of expertise for you. Um, those I think are indicators that really it's time to start looking at building your IP and, and not building it, but I mean, solidifying it, right. Like putting that yeah. stamp on it and saying, hey, I'm ready to go to market. Yeah. I mean, I would say there's never, it's never too early to do that. Hmm. Honestly, I don't think you need to wait till you're already at a certain success level before you start really dialing in your, your IP and your system. No, I mean, going to market and like licensing it and stuff Oh, and like trying that. to, let's say, sell your business and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I think that's probably a, it's a personal choice probably to just see how well are things working for you and are you interested in, mm-hmm. you know, like as soon as you start thinking about, is there an exit strategy here? Is there a way for me to, or, or greatly leverage myself by licensing my stuff? I think you're going to kind of know you know, is my stuff really that good? And can I do it? I mean, obviously, there's going to be certain people who overestimate (laughs) how good they are. But I do think it is, you know, it is one of those things, it's probably worth just having somebody an ex an outside eye, come in and take a look at it and audit what you're doing and say, Mm. okay, are the results, especially when it comes to instructional design, things that you were talking about, making sure that all of those angles are taken care of, because the last thing you want to do is go to market with something that doesn't, um, accommodate and capture the attention of different types of learners and things like that. Yeah. And I think the reason that I I focus on system design from the beginning is because I think that it really helps you to market what you're selling. Yeah. It's very attractive to people where it it feels like you've got this down to a science. You've got this three-part system that has all of these features and functions in it. It makes it sound a lot more palatable, just even from a marketing standpoint. So to just kind of go like, hey, I'm, I help people do this, but I can't explain necessarily how I do it. Like there's a lot of people who say, you know, people just want the result. They don't care how you get it. Mm. I completely disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, they care I've never, at least a little. <laughs> yeah, I have never believed in that. I really believe it's crucial to explain how you get the result because it's in that, that, that there's a, almost a form of magic to that. Mm. It's like, I'm able to get this result because I've designed this, special secret system that does it. I mean, if you go even just look at any infomercial on TV, that's about weight loss or something like that. The system of how they get the weight loss is what makes it different is Mm. what projects expertise, right? That's what makes it great is because I've now dialed this down into steps to take 90 days. And there's, there's this way that I look at food or combining food or whatever it is it's your special sauce. And I think if, if you don't have a special sauce, it makes it harder for you to stand out. And when you do, it really helps you to build a tremendous amount of authority. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, I mean, a lot of people do the same thing. So really there's only three results in business, more money, more, you know, better communication slash relationships and health. Right. So if we're going to go down like the health example, you know, you want to get healthier, you want to lose weight, both kind of come, you know, th- those are two different buckets. Like they can overlap. They're like the Venn diagram kind of thing, but let's just say you want to lose 20 pounds. Well, there's the person who does the P90X. There's the person who does macros. There's a the person who does paleo. There's whatever it is. 
but it's where do your values align? Like, what if I'm like, I don't want to sweat. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't give permission for that. So then this whole market within this, you know, realm of thing that you're trying to achieve is now delineated. You know, it's off the table. Yeah. Well, it's all about speed too. It's about speed and ease and clarity. And I think that when you put what you do in the form of a system, Mm -hmm. now you can present that you can sell speed. It's like, I've got this so well dialed in that you can get this result that would normally take you six months to a year in two months, right? In 60 days, you can have this result, right? And it's easy and it's easy to understand. It's not complicated. It's simple. Well, right. write that right there, right? Which is yeah. a complica- uh, confused mind never buys. So if it starts being complicated and you can't communicate what you do concisely and quickly, then you're creating confusion in someone. And so they're going to go, ah, I, I, don't, I don't know, never mind. Like, and yeah. they're going to go start a conversation with someone else. So it's an objection handling process, right? Of making sure that you can actually have the conversation when you can clearly communicate. So one of the things that you do as part of your communication is you also build your audience, right? Which is, I think, a pretty critical part of, especially our industry, but also as part of just marketing, right? And so whether you have a Facebook group or an email list, a combination or some other platform doing Instagram, whatever it is, what do you think are the critical components to building an audience and how do you do those things effectively? Yeah, I think that the first part, I think you've got to first start doing it. I mean, I think it, this, it's not done yeah. in a vacuum. I mean, it's great right? to think about it. <laughs> well, it is. And I, hey, and I'm, I've been, you know, that was what I did for a really long time. And I wasn't even sure I wanted to build a business. I, mm-hmm. I built an audience. You know, I was, I, I did a lot of stuff in affiliate marketing and SEO and consulting work that didn't require me to have an audience. Yeah. And part of me liked that. You know, I like the anonymity. And I think, first of all, you've really got to decide do I want to be a public figure? <laughs> you know, is there other ways because it's not for everybody and you've really got to go all in on it. And, yeah. and I think you've got to, you got to figure that out. But then I really do think that it is about what we talked about a little bit earlier. It's getting really clear. Who do I want to be getting crystal clear on who am I serving? What exactly is my message? What's my story? How am I going to position myself? Because the positioning piece is a really big piece. Mm. You've got, to, you've got to not only figure out who do I want to be, but now you've got to look at your market and go, where's there a hole? Well, where and who do you want there... to work with, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And where is that space where somebody like me, the kind of persona that I want to design and be in public, how can I stand out and be really, really different there, right? So there's a lot of strategic stuff I think you've got to think through first. Again, you don't, it, uh, it's, it's, you've got to balance action with sort of reflection and strategy. Right. But I think you've, you're always kind of balancing those things together. Um, you know, building an audience, you know, it's, it, it all flows out of that. It's like, okay, once I kind of figure out myself, what am I really passionate about? Who do I really want to be? Your natural charisma and enthusiasm is going to come out. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key in this kind of a business for attracting people. If you yourself are not passionate and just tapped into like this sense of purpose that lights you up every single day, People are just not going to be drawn to you. You know, there's, a, there's so many people out there that unless you really pop, you're just not going to resonate. And yeah. I think you've got to, like, I like to call this, a, it, it, there's an engineering term that's called single point of failure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can build, there are structures that are built that put a tremendous amount of leverage on one part of that structure. And if that piece fails, it's called a single point of failure. The whole thing comes down. Yep. 
And the expert business is essentially a single point of failure business because it all depends on you. If you're not clicking and resonating and engaging to people, you can be great at all the mechanical stuff, but it's just not gonna work. You've got to be the central part of that business. So it's figuring out yourself, figuring out your positioning, figuring out your message, the aspects of your personal story that you wanna bring forth, right? The way the paradigms, the way that you look at subject matter, you've gotta figure that stuff out and then create content Mm. around that and it's in the content that I think that's really the key to, to audience building um, and there's a lot of ways that you can build an audience and it depends on how fast or slow you want to go that can be paid it can be through sweat sweat equity you know um, and it can take you time you know so it depends on the, the resources you come in with um, but so what other are people's audiences views? like there's lots of different strategies that yeah. you can use to grow I mean what are your personal views on the kind of content that works to create engagement? Because you have a Facebook group. There's a lot of engagement in there. Um, and I mean, as someone who does content, I'm always analyzing. And I know that there's different kinds of content strategies that you're using or topics, if you will. What do you think is a good mix to create an engaged, like, let's say you're saying, all right, cool. I want to build an audience. These strategies that probably you're going to share could probably be across platform with nuances based off of the norms of each one. What do you think is effective when it comes to creating content that creates engagement, that attracts your ideal clients, that help kind of spur that conversation? Because of course, you know, as a lead boss, it's all, you know, how do, how do you take that and convert it into leads and clients? Because at the end of the day, business is in the business of being in business. Sure. Yeah. I think that first of all, a lot of, and maybe this comes from having been in business for a really long time even before the internet was really, you know, that big. Um, and, and again, the internet, you know, it's been big since the mid nineties, but I, that's kind of where I started in business. Most of my business was conducted offline. Mm. And, and so I kind of had to learn how to develop relationships in the real world <laughs> and personal skills. Uh, you know, how do you meet people? You need to be human. How do you, exactly. <laughs> man, how do you connect people to people? And, um, I basically carry a lot of that into community building. Mm -hmm. A lot of the leadership and uh, relationship stuff that I've learned offline, I've tried to carry online. So if you're talking about building a community, an audience, like something like a Facebook group, you know, it's, it's a big commitment. You've got to, re you yourself have to be engaged. Yeah. You can't expect other people to be engaged if you're just trying to drop a post every, every now and then and once or twice a day, you pop in and you post an inspirational image or something. like, it's just not going to be the change you want to be in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. How many times a day can you post that kind of stuff? And it's really, I think, engaging with people in the comments, first of all, hmm. having enough understanding about human nature, about what's going to pique someone's curiosity, what's going to get somebody to comment and like something, right? You know, so there's a lot of psychology <laughs> around and maybe copywriting, like learning that kind of stuff. How Conversion do I copy, that? right? Yeah, exactly. I think becoming a student of copy is, is a really good way to do that. All right. Let me just right here, yeah. right now, if there's one thing that I wish someone had told me earlier in my business was this of learn copy content yeah. is king, queen, whatever you want to call it, learn copy, get better at it, learn conversion copy without being a complete, you know, manipulative jerk about it kind of thing. But like, just sorry, sidebar of like having to call that out right there of you can always get better at copy. 
Yeah, but but this is one of the things that like going back a, just a little bit of what I was talking about, looking inside and what yeah. are the resources that you bring. If you suck as a writer, then, you know, if somebody's telling you to create a <laughs> Facebook group where yeah. you're primarily writing, you're writing comments, you're writing posts, that may not be the right medium for you. Yeah. Right? So it's, you've got to kind of understand that because a lot of people that teach marketing are sort of one trick ponies mm-hmm. and they'll tell you, you know, do, do 30 Facebook lives in a month and you'll get clients. Well, if you're <laughs> awful on camera, that might not be your strength, yeah. but you're a really good writer. You know, you've got to figure out what do you love and what you're good at. And, mm-hmm. and I think any lead, good lead generation mm-hmm. you know, strategy or anybody that's teaching lead generation, you've got to align that with the person's strengths. Yep. Right. So Facebook groups may not be for you if you're not a good writer or you don't enjoy it. Maybe you're a good writer, but you hate it, you know. So you've got to figure out what works for you. But I think that the personal engagement, first of all, is a critical piece of building an audience. You've got to humanize yourself, get to know people and be super generous. Be giving, give a lot of advice, give a lot of help, connect people to people. That's one of the things I do a lot in my Mm. Facebook group is I, f- I remember people's stories. I remember what they do. And I go, oh, you should connect with Kat, right? Uh, so you've got to really take personal interest in the people in your audience and really be able to serve them well and try to facilitate their success. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of content, it's, con- it's mixing content types. Yep. So it's video, it's ri- written stuff, it's interviews with people. Like keep the, the categories fresh, mix them up, make them engaging and... Um, Again, and, and really go back and forth with people in the comments, because that's what's going to make it sticky and make them come back and really feel that you care. Yeah. And that's ultimately at the end of the day, what, what builds no like and trust with a community. That's why I, I mean, I balked for, for years at starting a Facebook group because I knew it was a big commitment. Mm. <laughs> you, like if you're going to do it, you really got to do it. And, um, and I, I love it. I love it. But it's, it's again, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Right. You know, you've well, got to be a relationship like said, person and really, yeah. It's absolutely aligning. And I, it, this comes down right to the very beginning of everything we talked about is looking at who you are as a person, what are your strengths and how you're going to show up. And so whether it's legion or sales or marketing or you're building your brand, right? It's looking at what is going to, you know, if you're leveraging your strengths and you're going to do the work, right? And so what are those components that you're passionate about? Because it's not about chasing the dollar, Right. Because I I see a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm just going to do this because that's what people are going to buy. No, people will buy what you want to, what you're passionate about, so long as you're able to communicate it effectively as to what the benefit is to them. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I always start there too, from the, from the entrepreneur's perspective, you know, what do you want your life to look like? Hmm. Because the choices that you make in business are downstream from what you want your life to look like. And so I've had a lot, I find if I'm troubleshooting with somebody or I'm helping them in some way, a lot of the problems or issues that they have come at that level. There's a conflict between what they want their lifestyle to be like and the kind of business that they want. So an an example of that might be, you know, a person wants to be, you know, a famous speaker and they want to be on stage, you know, on some of the biggest things. They want to be traveling and going to see the world and, uh, and speaking a lot. But at the same time, they want to be a really devoted parent and be there for their kids and be there every day. And I want to be the best you know, mom or dad that I can be. And it's like, at some level you go, huh, well, how are you, <laughs> how are you going to be that? And you're on the road for six months of the year. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. And so the way that you kind of think about yourself and the kind of business model, it doesn't fit the lifestyle or it's like, you know, I want to be a coach and I want to be working with people hands-on and charging by the hour, let's say, or I want to be doing things that trade time for money. But at the same time, I envision myself, you know, living a laptop lifestyle on the beach and I work four hours a week. Well, how are you going to, it doesn't work, but people are often not clear on their vision for their life. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the business is supposed to support your lifestyle, not the other way around. And so what are you doing to set up your business so that one, I mean, I love how you're talking about, so you can be a parent. So maybe the goal is to do the speaking thing, right? That is, but the reality is, is that that might not be able to happen for three years. So what can you do or five years or even 10 years? What do you do in the meantime to set yourself up so that that becomes possible? So that's a door that stays open versus one that you weld shut right now, because you don't think that you can get there. Correct. Yeah. I I think, and and I think, again, going back to some of the stuff we talked about at the beginning, I think there's people just are not conscious of these things. Mm. Like generally people, you know, we're busy, we're, we're working, we're in the business. Right. And it's all that old Michael Gerber stuff, stepping, you know, working on the business uh, and not in the business. I think we've got to take time about uh, to do that. And I, it really all starts from a life level. I really do. I think it's getting clear on all of those areas of life. What do I want my life to look like? Getting a really clear vision of that. And where does my business fit into that? I mean, we've seen it multiple times over. People at seven, eight, highly paid corporate executives who kind of turn around and go, what happened? Right. This is I'm I'm not living my dream. Right. Like this isn't what I want to be like. I'm overworked. I'm overwhelmed. Like I've got ulcers and all these things. So like, again, going back to the beginning of doing those check ins, because just because you started going down a path doesn't mean you have to go all the way through. There are beautiful ways to pivot. Oh, God, I can't believe you said word to segue into, you know, changing. And, and like you said, with Madonna, like constant reinvention, it doesn't mean that everything goes down the trash. It's just a step to the next level. Yeah. And I can say, I know this from experience because when I started my business, uh, you know, 22 years ago, I just jumped in mm-hmm. and I got, and I, again, I, and I know a lot of people teach, you know, ready, fire, aim, and just sort of start doing it. And I, that's what I did. And I got busy right away and I got clients right away and I, you know, achieved success, whatever but I found that I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, you mm-hmm. know, and that's where I really kind of got into this. If I had known at the beginning, like, you know, what do I want my life to look like? How do I build a business that I can sell eventually? Yeah. If I thought of these things from the beginning, like I didn't even know until 10 years into my business that, wow, I could actually maybe sell this one day. I didn't even think about it. I, I think a lot of people of who are solo yeah. entrepreneurs or have a small team, right. And who, you know, even at multiple six figures and maybe even at seven, don't see the opportunity to be able to sell because not that it's not possible, but because they build a business that is so hyper-dependent on themselves that they can't extract themselves from the business without everything falling apart. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think so many of us are focused really on a tactical level that we don't go up to the strategic level. Mm-hmm. And then even higher than that, what I call the objective level, right? It's the military objectives, strategies, and tactics, right? At yep. the object, what is my, what am I here for? Why am I here? Yeah. You know, what is my purpose? And, and going, uh, uh, experiencing life at the objective level is what sets the foundation for everything else. And I think if you're not doing that, 
take the time to try to step back a little bit and get some perspective. And I think you'll start to notice some shocking changes downstream from that um, if you get conscious about your life. Absolutely. And if you want any evidence, look at where you are now and where you were 10 years ago and how you've made those changes already. So um, Rocky, how can people get in touch with you and, you know, actually, you know, get a little bit more understanding of all of the things that you've been kind of sharing today? Sure. The best place to get in touch with me is to jump into my free Facebook group. Uh, you can go there at powerpersonaproject.com and that'll take you right into the group and join. And inside the group, you know, I'm talking about this stuff all the time. We've got great guests. We interview a lot of, you know, well-known experts. So there's great content, great conversation, great engagement. And um, yeah, that's the best place. I'm in there all day and you can see, see what I'm talking about. Beautiful. Um, and any parting words or things that you want people to make sure that they remember? Um, I think I've mostly said it all. I, I would just recommend get, take some time for yourself. Mm. Step back and reflect a little bit and get the big picture. And I really believe that as you get objective about yourself and you start to do some of the inner work, um, you're going to get clear on the external things. It's going to make a big difference outside in terms of your uh, your business model, the way you're making money, the way you're engaging clients, the kind of impact and influence you're having in the world. Yeah. Put a, that little bit extra effort to create the ease down the line. Yes. Definitely. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Rocky, for joining us it. today. Really Thanks for appreciate having it. me. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right.